everybody, welcome back to another Demented Twisted episode of Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh God, what is in the box? Some (laughs) fucked up shit in the box this week. Should have kept it back in the box. It's like um, dripping something. I don't know. It's crying. God, it's crying, it's bloated, <laughs> it's a bog body in like the fucking river. Yeah, it's, it's talking to us in our heads. Oh, leaving shit on our computers. Yeah. <laughs> Putting files on our computers that weren't there before. Uh, so today's episode is all about uh, a nice little video game called Massachusetts. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but it came out in 2015 um, by a lone developer by the name of John Old- Oldblood. Um, so he did everything for this game on his own, the writing, the art, music, everything. It's a one, one man show. Snaps to um, that. I know, Snaps right? Woo! Yeah, I did a fantastic job. So he, before you play this game, he has a caveat on it. And I feel it would be appropriate to place the same caveat before. Before we get into this discussion for people who haven't played it yet, mm-hmm. um, as we kind of said already, there is some fucked up shit in this, right? It is all about uh, kind of the coming of age serial killer part of life coming of age tale about Albert Fish. And if you know anything about Albert Fish, there's some fucked up shit. He did a lot of fucked up shit. Uh, he had a very traumatic childhood. So even more so than a lot of the content we've previously discussed on our yeah. podcast so far, this gets incredibly heavy. So yeah. I mean, because well, I think the only one that comes good, yeah, the only one that comes close, I think, was Sybil. Sybil, uh, yeah, in terms of like a real life, but even that was, you know, kind of questionable and whatever. I mean, this. So we're talking about real stuff. I mean, this is like real crime that this game was based off of. So be warned. Be warned. <laughs> There's a lot of mature and content all hope in this. You continue listening. Yes, yes. A lot of mature stuff in this. So, you know, don't go rolling down your neighborhood with your, you know, your uh, stereo blurring out this podcast or anything and <laughs> seeing that your neighbor is going to hear. And then he cut the boy into pieces and they're going <laughs> to look at you going, what? But then again, there's like a, now it's, it, it's the hot new thing to be into true crime, especially if you're a white woman. And I'm just like, I've liked that yeah, shit since I was that? seven. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Because we don't we have don't make out well in those scenarios. No, honest. no, we don't. I don't know. I subscribe yeah. to my favorite. We murders. might touch upon fangirling of serial killers. Yeah, a little bit, but a little bit. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's because we want to learn about that mm-hmm. creepy ass mind, so we don't put ourselves into those situations. I mean, yeah. I s- totally subscribed to Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgara from my my fa- uh, my favorite murder. Their whole thing of like stay sexy and don't don't get murdered. Yeah. I'm like yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of Bailey Sarian, her YouTube channel, murder oh, yeah. mystery and makeup. Yeah, she up while talking about true crime, and at the end, she always says, "Make good choices and stay safe." So. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Women keeping each other safe through YouTube and podcasts. Yeah. You know. So, okay. So this game, <laughs> this game. Let's talk about this game. Um, yeah. as, as someone with my proclivities, uh, I figured out it was about Albert Fish about a few minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it mentioned the gray man and uh, then uh, there, was a, there was an Albert in it. And that's when I put the two together and I was like, okay. And so I think knowing that really kind of colored a lot of how I was playing or, or my feelings and thoughts while I was playing it. Mm -hmm. And what about you? Um, Were you like well aware before you went in? 
so I after I first played this game uh, not too long after it came out. Um, so I want to say this was probably around like June 2015 that I played. I remember because I wrote wrote about it way way back when. Um, but when I first played it, I didn't really like. I've I heard of Albert Fish, but I didn't really know just how extensive his crimes were. Um, his traumatic childhood, the abuse that he suffered, um, all the rapes and murders and everything else, his delusions that he did later in life. Um, yeah. So learning that after playing the game, it was it made it that much scarier to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I don't know if I would have actually been able to play it through in one sitting had I known that information going into it. Although I don't know, I was a different person five five years ago. So <laughs> yeah, we all. Were. <laughs> no, but um, um, yeah, I think it, I think it bears saying that you know we're talking about we're mentioning his traumatic childhood, and that in no way excuses anything. I mean, it it just a lot of these people who do these horrific things, a lot of them, not all of them, but most of them have these traumatic childhoods. Um, it, 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 it's part and parcel, you know, it, it, and it, and it doesn't excuse the, the, the tragedies that they ensue, you know, do on other people. Um, it just, it, it's a fact, you know, um, yeah. it's a fact, you know, and, and if anything, it proves to us that, you know, how you grow up in your formative years and everything like that, you know, does have an effect Absolutely. Um, on yourself. You know, I mean, do we think they would have been completely whole if they had a perfect childhood? Maybe not, but they might mm-hmm. not have gone as far as they did. I don't know. That's just speculation on my part. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's just, just facts. You know, you can't ignore the fact that a lot of these yeah. serial killers were just horrifically abused. You yeah. just can't escape it. It's a fact. It's not excusing it. It's just, it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Know? And I mean, there's a lot of it. I think um, we probably touched on this when we talked about Sybil too. I mean, there is now, there, especially now, there is a lot of research and evidence to show that children who suffer any form of abuse, it changes their brain development, right? Mm-hmm. And it um, sets them up for more failures as an adult, whatever that spectrum is. Um, the kids mm-hmm. set them up to become drug addicts or alcoholics, or in some extreme cases, you become a serial killer. Yeah. You know, um, you get into strings of abusive relationships, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff or become abusive yourself or mm-hmm. any number of things. Absolutely. And if, if any, any teacher out there, especially in the state of California, when you go through, or at least you you should, um, when you take your pre prerequisite courses on like child development and everything before you start in with your teaching credential courses, I'm gonna I'm hoping I say the correct like dude's name, but Piaget, his like stages of development, he. Uh-huh. Them down into like specific years of like when from age six to like uh, oh god I don't even remember this was years ago let's just say like six six to ten that is like this specific time when the child starts becomes more self-aware and they start asking questions they start wondering about things in the world and their place in the world um you know so it's kind of based on that research that happened a long time ago, and I want to say in the eight, eight, 1800s too, mm-hmm. um, it's f- from that basis of, basis of knowledge that we understand now, like depending on when the trauma occurred, it will have, it will, it will manifest in different ways throughout somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And Albert Fish in, in real life, or the Gray Man, as he was known, also the Werewolf of Wisteria, the Brooklyn Vampire, the Moon Maniac, the Boogeyman. He had so many names. Um, he did not have a good childhood. No. <laughs> At all. Even worse than what's depicted in the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what we're talking about is he was born on May 19th, 1870. So we're talking about a uh, 19th century um, late 19th century, early 20th century 
um, when he was around. Um, so yeah, we're going a little back in time yeah. <laughs> here. Um, so, so the game uh, starts out where you're in a shed, essentially. And you open the shed and oh, there will be spoilers. I mean, sorry. Just before I got such a talking, y'all, um, y'all know this already. Yeah, we spoil everything. <laughs> yeah, we talk about everything, and you open it, and and you kind of meet the gray man at first, and you have to like duck back into the shed, and um, and that's when you start hearing your voices, um, which was something that um, uh, Albert Fish had. Uh, he heard voices. He had auditory and visual hallucinations uh among other things yeah <laughs> among other things among other things okay like he didn't just have <laughs> this guy didn't just have one thing broken <laughs> he had a lot of things he broken. had many things broken this was the least broken part about him <laughs> by the way <laughs> honestly yeah so in the game you, you get talking and um you know uh you're called hamilton um which is was his first name uh, it was mm -hmm. Hamilton Howard Fish. Um, he called himself Albert or insisted on being called Albert after a dead brother, a dead sibling who died um, when he was a child, before he was born, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's how we got Albert Fish. Um, but you called Hamilton and, um, and you kind of go through and you go meet up with your mother who... Yeah, that's a whole, so I mean, that's the first one we should talk about. Since yeah. That's the first relationship uh, we kind of get, um, Albert and his mother. Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, in real life, back in the day, his mom was like 40 some odd years younger than her husband. Yeah. Albert Fish's dad. His father was, was 75 when, he, yeah. when Albert was born. So. <laughs> 40, 43 years older than Albert's mother. And you kind you see that in in the uh, the character drawings in the game itself. The mother looks a bit younger, but she's drawn very harshly with uh, with like a very large chin that juts out, a lot of harsh angles. Uh, but her hair is still like this bright um, auburn gray. To so you can see that she's younger. And right out of the game, there is no question that like this woman is at the very least emotionally and mentally abusive because mm -hmm. she says to you, who's playing Hamilton or Albert, et cetera, et cetera, you know, like you shouldn't have gone out there. You know, you're so fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Just wait until your dad finds out and just mm -hmm. all this crazy stuff basically yeah. immediately she, she fluctuates. Yeah. Like yeah. she'll go from like yelling at you to being like, oh, you're such a good boy and all this other stuff, you know, like complete 180s, you know, complete 180s. Yeah. So that's that's hard to do. And according uh, to to stuff about him, his a lot of his family had mental illness, yeah. as you find out in the game as well. Um, his mother, his siblings. Um, all suffered from from mental illnesses. His mother was said to have oral and or visual hallucinations mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, they all were just uh, uh, broken, broken people who at this point were probably not getting help because we're talking about the 1900s, early, you know, earlier, yeah, late 1800s, way, way early 1900s. Earlier. So, you know, this is before we had such a thing as, you know mental health care or anything like that mental health care of the time was like huh a lobotomy will fix that yeah you know, electric like, shock sure electric shock you know this well, this will totally fix it yeah no no um but yeah i mean his whole family was kind of rife with it so you definitely see that in his mother she talks about a her her i can't mm. help you because she will get mad mm-hmm you know, we know you never really find out who that is, but knowing the history, you can only assume it's one of her hallucinations and her audio uh, hallucinations yeah. as well. Um, and that you have as well. I mean, that you hear throughout the game, you yeah. know, you have a voice talking to you uh, through the whole time and, and talking to you about what's going on. So, 
Um, so you definitely get the the bipolar from the mother, um, the the you know that she's not all there talking about somebody will not like what she's doing, mm-hmm. um, and all this other stuff. So you know she says at one point, you know you should die. I didn't want you. Um, all this other stuff as well. So yeah. I think it's safe to say that this relationship is not a healthy one. There no. are healthy relationships in this game. There are just not. No. I mean, they're not. They're not just not unhealthy. They're fatal. They are. They yeah. are. You know, go past the point of just being unhealthy or toxic to being harmful and and fatal <laughs> to others. Yeah, really. You're, so you're permanently scarring your child for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, you're set. You're setting their development up to, to have them grow into being a fucked up person, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and sadly, from there though, I mean, we don't get like much more of the mother until a little bit later on, because it's only during like this immediate beginning do we get any kind of sense of how Albert's relationship is with his family, and more specifically with his father, um, his brother, Walter, who is locked in a padded room inside the house, like Hannibal Lecter style, mm-hmm. right? With the mask and the straight jacket and uh, everything else. And he's hallucinating his dead brother, Albert, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which was true, which is where Albert got his his name from that he insisted name he from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, There's he had a-, a brother who died. Um, Absolutely. And his brother, Walter, uh, which is also historical, was confined to a state mental hospital um, as well. Um, you know, I'm sure it kind of got moved to the game so you could experience that, but sadomasochism basically hurting himself, mm-hmm. um, which is why he was restrained. Um, he enjoyed pain, um, enjoyed being beaten, enjoyed, you know, as much pain as you could dish mm-hmm. out until he went unconscious. Um, and Albert uh, was the same way. Yeah. So you get a lot of times that some of this is, is you know, also projecting Albert's desires onto. So, you know, we've got voices, we've got hallucinations, we've got, you know, sadomasochism. Um, you got the just, parents lamenting the loss of this other kid. I mean, when yeah. you eventually go hey, up the stairs. He was so much better. Yeah. It was so much better, you know? And when you, you, you learn a little bit more about that once the mom sends you upstairs to go give mm-hmm. your dad his medicine. <laughs> and medicine, just, quote unquote. His medicine. He's just there just berating you. And it, it's, it's this like moment from Walk Hard where the dad tells what's, what's his face like the wrong kid died only it's not funny yeah <laughs> so basically the the father says to you albert um you know basically the wrong kid died but god sent you to me so i could beat out the evil from you mm-hmm. and then before it cuts to like the next scene no regardless of the dialogue option that you picked the dad beats you. It yeah. cuts to black and then you just hear the whipping noise. Yeah. And then you move on from there without any kind of discussion. Yeah. There's really like no time to digest that because then, then you immediately go talk to Walter. Yeah. Who finally says something, right? Because when you first see him, you just ask him all these questions and then it's just I didn't silent. say anything, but now they seem that you're beaten. That interests yeah. him. And if I remember right, it's even, um, there's even some begging in that scene when it fades out, some, you know, yeah. stop or whatever. Um, so, yeah, you know, <laughs> you don't have to see it, you know. You don't need to because all the stuff that you, one, one thing that, that I do appreciate about this game is that the developer, he chose the moments that you're supposed to see very carefully and that comes into play later on in the game as Albert Fish progresses into becoming a serial killer, which is obviously done in a more, much more rapid fashion in the game than in real life. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So Walter is all duded up like Hannibal Lecter uh, in a padded room and, 
and everything and uh you know talks to you uh basically like you know talking about how he enjoys you know being beaten and everything and you learn all about that you know because it's like oh yeah okay um mm-hmm. you know about how you know um you know he enjoys it you know why would you want to stop father from beating me you know i like it essentially so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean slow because it's kind of you know you have to contemplate it you have to sit there and imagine yeah. all of this stuff going on like nobody in that family you know was mentally healthy no. at all none of his Mm-mm. siblings his mother his father um none of them you know so just growing up in that you know where this is you know what you're what you're dull you know yeah um, and then after that you go to the back where you see albert, albert who said he was waiting for the boy with blood on his face and yeah i did actually try to go talk to him before because i went to explore around the house and he was like i oh, know i won't talk to you you don't have blood on your face so you yeah. basically have to get your ass whipped by your father before mm-hmm. he talk to you yeah and then he tells you about his friends that you should go meet yeah and who who are those friends danny <laughs> an angel a perfect oh, angel a perfect angel. a perfect angel the angel michael it? oh i was gonna say what happened to me michael wouldn't <laughs> michael is messenger as you were told yeah. uh, quite a few times in the game um and grace who says uh all all albert tells you is that it's hard to describe but she's perfect Mm -hmm. that's it and he says you know you have to go to the shrine and you will meet them and you have to go through the guardian to get to them and uh and you should go and talk to them so yeah so you make your way over and do that Mm -hmm. and uh, and then what happens in in between there because i don't want to like get to the end too fast um you start to have these i don't know if they're flash forwards i'm i'm assuming they're flash forwards because you are yeah okay yeah they're yeah because you're you end up in the therapist's office right yeah. And you're telling your therapist all about this stuff. So you, I mean. Well, according to history, this is yeah. uh, when he was in prison. Um, mm. He was, he was uh, studied by doctors and stuff. Um, it wasn't going to change the outcome for him, which we'll get into towards the end. But it was, right. yeah. The doctors studied him, talked to him while he was incarcerated. So yeah, to try to understand his mind a bit better, as a lot of people have done with ser- serial killers throughout history. Um, but yeah, he's in there. You're talking with a therapist. So j- just in case you didn't already get by this point that Albert Fish is being abused and he was hallucinating his brother Albert and all this other crazy shit, then you get it there. And then I don't, I forget, because you have your medication very much from the very beginning of the game, but then I forget who you get the um, the uh, needles from. Oh, Grace, you get them from Grace. From Grace, okay. Um, yeah, Grace that all, gives all, them to you. Okay, because uh, that's obviously something that's extremely sig- significant because Albert Fish in real life. Yeah stuck needles into his pelvis so what mm-hmm. you do what you don't do in this game thank when god they, uh, when they yeah x-rayed him after yeah. he was captured they found 28 needles yes in his pelvis yeah you don't put in there you don't do that in this game but you do if uh, you let's say your hand yeah yeah you cut you cut the palm of your hand basically and especially if you run out of mm-hmm. medication Mechanically, those two things work very differently. The medication is supposed to calm you down, get rid of the voices and everything, but then it kind of forces you to like use the needles at that point and it starts making you a little more crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's release as it's described in the yeah. game. Like release. The pain gives you like a release. Yeah. Which is not all that unlike um, like actual cutting has, like as, yeah. as it's been studied. I, why people actually yeah. hurt themselves. They, they feel a, a release from it. Yeah. Um, so what, what do we got? We got auditory hallucinations, actual visual hallucinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got abuse. We got sadomasochism. We'll be adding to this list. Yeah. I'm just yep. saying as we go along. We're, we're working up to murder. So, yeah, we're working yes, up to murder. that's the icing on top of this cake here. Mm-hmm. It's a very, well, if we're talking Albert Fish, because he also became obsessed with cannibalism later in life, too. So, it's probably a murder, a cannibalism, human meat cake, like rape. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. I mean, he was just uh, like I said, more than one thing, more than one thing going on in there. Yeah, but yeah, so you you meet that shadow, as they call it in the game, the shadow man. But you kind of get the sense it's a doctor of some kind mm-hmm. who's asking, uh, starts calling it Hamilton, but you insist on being called Albert. Um, uh, that that you know about why you do the things you do or starts trying to talk to you about it um so i think that relationship because the relationship with the shadow man didn't really come across to me as like you know the shadow man is isn't trying to like prevent anything or to make you better it seems like yeah you don't get the sense that it's going to affect the outcome it's merely to understand you know that's true yeah that totally makes sense because when i first played through it i was like what why isn't he helping him this isn't working you're doing it wrong oh no they're studying him okay right and that point in his life they weren't yeah you know yeah they they weren't convinced they could you know so they were just trying to study and see what happened which is hence all the x-rays and then you know and all this stuff and and everything so yeah yeah I mean, but, at that time, who who else were you going to do that to? I yeah. mean, they had, like, big performance theaters. Um, they would take the dead bodies of criminals right. from prisons and then, you know, use use the cadavers to teach ana- uh, anatomy students or people who were studying to be doctors, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so for, for the time, it, it definitely makes sense that – they did this in a very like inhumane way yeah. <laughs> rather than like, I, I get like, yeah, he was definitely incarcerated at that point, but at least I would hope what happens more so today is that like, yeah, you may be incarcerated for these things, but you should be get you should still be getting help too, but we all know yeah. that really doesn't happen. I'm yeah, like, I know. I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah, there, uh, we should, but we don't. I mean, we still yeah. use prisoners for slave labor, so let's, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Thirteenth Amendment. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he would, he would, uh, you know, part of that, he would uh, beat himself with a nail-studded paddle. Yeah, he would even uh, insert wool with lighter fluid into his butt and light it on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and he would have his children yeah, paddle yeah, him do the same thing with yet. yeah. So I mean, this this what we just said like that was real life. The game is actually extremely tamer. tame in comparison. So it's like if you go into it not knowing who Albert Fish is, and then you dig into it a bit more it's nice that it wasn't this extreme because if it was i don't think anybody would have played it um and th- the developer is such a nice guy too so yeah, yeah. um yeah. yeah so so then um you know after you talk with the doctor you go and actually meet this michael and grace um you go and meet them and talk yeah. with them. And uh, and you find out that you were supposed to give a message to your father is what you're supposed to do. So. 
Um, so yeah, so you know, you, you meet this and does not definitely does not look like an angel in the mm. game for sure. Yeah. Um, got a cross on the forehead, horns, uh, you know, pointy teeth, all this other stuff definitely does not look the arc like the Archangel Michael. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe you're the Archangel Lucifer. it's like old testament i mean in the old testament were like you know the flaming eyes and the you know 18 wings or whatever yeah so so maybe it's that type of angel amy angel uh you know the angel michael quote unquote and grace um which is a little girl with no face Mm -hmm. who doesn't speak um and you're told that you you have to give a message to your father so um you go and uh go back to your father and uh and yeah so here's where um because you basically yeah go ahead and kill your father um when you go back there and and you know your father has a lot to say about he had a big thing about god and everything very Mm -hmm. religious um so you know that's why god gave you to me was to be you know, beat you into submission, basically, or why has God forsaken me? Why did he take away my one good son? All this other stuff. Which was something that Fish later on in life um, would would talk about and did. Um, he believed that he was being told to do this, getting messages told to kill by by God. <laughs> So he had he had that going on too, which is kind of a theme throughout the game. Um, of you know, you're being told by this archangel that, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's your destiny. Yeah. You know. You've seen Grace, you know, and uh who else? Uh your dead brother as a grown adult. None none of these people are real. You know, yeah. you're they're manifestations of the voices in your head telling you to do things. Mm-hmm. And um, Grace, oh god, I can't remember. Um, she's she doesn't really, she's not really like a massive integral part of the game, but she is a direct reference to one of his victims. Yeah, the victim who eventually got him arrested. Yes, um, a girl, um, and uh, Grace Bud. Hmm. And um, she was the one, uh, her killing was the one that um, that got Albert Fish incarcerated. Um, So, so yeah, that's a reference to, to that. So Albert is a reference to his dead brother. Grace is a reference to the victim, his last victim, essentially. And, uh, you know, and Michael is a reference to uh, the voices that were in his head, essentially, mm-hmm. what what he believed the voices were telling him. So you know, they all have they all have you know direct references to stuff from Albert Fish's life, um, but represented as I guess the developer believed that Albert would see them. I suppose instead of how we you know might imagine it, but we saw them as he saw them. Um, mm-hmm. And everything, which was interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of it um, was fictionalized, too. And just with the style that the game was in, of course, it would be a lot more interesting to physically see these characters instead of just having them as voices mm-hmm. telling you what, what to do. Um, although that would be interesting game mechanic too i mean if you look at vampire the masquerade bloodlines and you install like yeah if you install the whole um like the actual patch version that somebody put put together the malkavian if you play as that class like you're supposed to hear random voices throughout the entire game Mm -hmm. so but those don't tell you to do anything but um yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I think about interesting, you know, in the relationships of this game are that, you know, everything is, you know, you are playing Albert Fish. So everything that you see is kind of through his perception yeah. of it. Um, so everything as it relates to him, um, 
you know, uh, which is an interesting perspective to take. Um, you know, most of the times they might be like the villain of the game. You know, if you were going to have mm-hmm. a game about a serial killer, you know, if you're going to do like Jack the Ripper, you know, you'd be like one of the Whitechapel women he murdered or something. You yeah. Know? And in this case, you're not. No. Um, it's not a long game, um, which I think is is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, because it really was trying to evoke a very uh, specific thing, I think. So um, in that sense, you know, having it shorter and just kind of doing what it needs to do and make it intense was probably the right choice, I think. Absolutely. Um, it is. It's all through Albert's mind. And that's really what you're getting a sense of, like what it's like to hear the voices mm-hmm. and what you see and what you perceive, you know, and, and what is the truth you know, and why would you yeah. do those things? And to continue on what you're saying about re- relationships, like the closest relationships he has are with the voices in his head, mm-hmm. with the people, the entities, whoever that are not real, that are telling him to do these things. Oh. And that's really sad. Yeah. It's really depressing that like, I mean, in any regard that somebody can have that kind of relationship with their parents. And then there is no redemption arc. There is no happy ending. This is how it turns out. And I find myself with the game teetering back and forth between having that kind of like clinical analytical thing, like somebody who's analyzing a serial killer, which is kind of, I think what draws us to true crime, what draws us to the macabre. Um, But then at the same time, getting to the ending here, (laughs) what you're forced to do at the end, like that, I, I don't know about you, but that really, I had to pause the game for a bit, like a few times going through that whole sequence because you can't skip it no it's no it's it's the one part of the game so essentially um the all the voices in your head they tell you like okay you're ready it's time for your first murder basically and you as the character you kind of him and haw a little bit about it but then you lure this little boy billy Mm -hmm. out to what a barn a barn in the woods a farmhouse which Which is um, true to the fish story yes Um, only in the game it's not nearly as graphic (laughs) yeah is what he did to that boy Yeah. yeah but you as the player um you have you are forced to cut up the boy and each time you cut the boy um, you'll cut off his limbs. Um, it goes to black, and then it shows what what you've done. And then you have to keep it, you that you you it you do that like four or five times mm-hmm. until basically the voices say, "Okay, you're done," you know, and that's your first murder. So the game is very much an exploration of kind of not just what makes a serial killer, but what made what turned this person into a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And Danny, I don't, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, I can't sympathize with people who kill other people Mm-mm. in general. You can sit there and clinically understand why, but like you said at the beginning, they they chose to do that, and mm-hmm. whether they're mentally ill or not, like precautions need to be taken to get them away from society before they hurt somebody else so being put into that position without knowing what was going to happen and i'm sure you probably had a little bit of a better sense than i did because you already knew the history behind albert fish whereas i was going blind so that whole murder scene at the end i was not prepared for that at all (laughs) so i just kind of sat back and and as we mentioned, um, in yeah. the game, it's actually a lot, uh, it's, it's more tame in the yeah. game. Um, Billy is a reference to Thomas Kinnon, um, 
where Fish took Kenan to his house and they began a sadomasochist relationship. Um, after a few days of that, Fish took Kenan to an old farmhouse and he tortured him. Uh, the torture took place over two whole weeks. Uh, so for two yeah. weeks, he tortured this boy. After 10 days, uh, after that, after the two weeks, he tied him up and cut off half his penis. Uh, I shall never forget his scream or the look he gave me, quote. Which later recalled, he originally intended yeah. to kill him, cut up his body and take it home. But he feared the hot weather would draw attention uh, to him. So he just poured peroxide over the wound, wrapped it in a Vaseline-covered handkerchief, left a $10 bill, kissed Kenan goodbye, and left. Mm. Took the first train I could get back home, never heard what became of him, or tried to find out. So he wasn't even dead when Fish left yeah. him, and probably suffered greatly before he finally died. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it- a lot, a lot less than what you get. It's a lot more than what you get in the game. Uh, which which is a good thing yeah, yeah. um yeah you know when we it, said there was a lot going on here we we meant it there's yeah. a lot broken um but that's what billy is a reference to yeah i think and this question is obviously for you danny um there's i think we pretty much have covered everything we can about like the inter-character relationships within the game but like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about um especially fairly recently what is what does this say about i guess in back then compared to now like society's relationship with mental health in general and have we progressed much further from that and i'm not talking like in from a clinical perspective i'm talking from in a media perspective i think i think in a lot of ways we've progressed um we're not by far perfect obviously Mm -hmm. mental health is still such a huge thing it still is i mean you know mental health uh, we don't provide for it we don't cover for it at least here in the united states um, you know, we don't cover it. We don't consider it a part of health, which it is. I mean, body, mind, mm-hmm. and spirit, you know, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> your brain health is health. You know, I mean, health is not just, you know, your body breaking down, you broke your leg, whatever, you know, your mind needs care. It needs health care. And, and I think we've gotten better about that. I think it is not as stigmatized anymore um we certainly don't throw our people in asylums like we used to Mm -hmm. we certainly understand schizophrenia uh better um i'm quite certain that's what fish's mother and fish had was schizophrenia yeah i I mean i'm not a psychologist but just you know it's my armchair guess yeah Um, the hallucinations and everything like that and all of this is is typical of schizophrenia but now we know that schizophrenia can be treated and people who are schizophrenic can live perfectly happy in society um, as long as they're medicated. It's not anything to be ashamed of. Um, we kind of dealt with schizophrenia in civil too. And, yeah. and even from then, um, we do have great strides. We still have a long way to go. Um, we definitely do not provide the the victim care the trauma care the mental health care for people who are victims of crimes we do not uh provide adequate funding or access um to mental health care so there are still a long way a long way to go in terms of realizing how important mental health is but i you know at the same time we're not at that stage either so we have we are at the stage of when albert fish was you know, arrested and doing his thing either. So I think, you know, we've come a long way from there, but we still have a long way to go. What about you? Can I, I think you put it very nicely. I don't know if I can (laughs) add any more to that other than um, maybe from like a media perspective, because when I think about depictions 
of serial killers or people who are mentally ill in video games or other forms of media, um, a lot of the time it's usually inaccurate or done in a very facetious manner. Um, I mean, it's at the top of my mind just because I watched it again recently, but Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre 2. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody who's a horror fan and, you know, likes that franchise, like that movie <laughs> is completely bonkers, yeah. right? But it's not oh, presented. Oh, McConaughey. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. McConaughey. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's not presented in a serious manner whatsoever, but you're obviously dealing with a mentally ill family who yeah. are serial cannibals, basically. Yeah. And, you know, but... What Massachusetts does, what this video game does, is it presents everything in a very serious manner that really makes you take a step back and ask it. It makes you reevaluate your own understanding, your own misconceptions, maybe mm-hmm. about mental illness. Right. I mean, because people are mentally ill, but it's not the mentally mental illness that you know, is scary. Mental illness is mental illness. It's, it's, it's the being untreated and not getting help and, you know, not being able to have help or people ignoring it. Um, you know, where, where you start to get into trouble. And a lot of times I feel like neurotypical people have a tendency to kind of use mental illness as a scapegoat, a Mm -hmm. plot device. You know, uh, you know, we were talking about Malkavians earlier. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of critique of that, of using Malkavians having derangements, which is mental illness, as yeah. their as their curse. There's a lot of discussion about that, and mm-hmm. we can name tons of movies probably where mental illness was villainized and made the the scary part you know i mean you can think of joker yeah joker (laughs) single white female um american psycho psycho itself um just so many movies where mental illness is used as the as the plot device the thing on which the, the plot turns um and and that's that's still going on yeah um that's that still goes on and and is definitely something that doesn't help the cause um you you know we need to we need to start showing that people can live with mental illness that it's not a death sentence and it doesn't make you a villain you know i mean depression anxiety even schizophrenia um wanting to harm yourself you know um eating Mm -hmm. disorders anything like that you know i think fair like therapeutically in terms of like your own personal internal emotional release, there's obviously a place for like the slashers, like American Psycho and everything, which we've already talked talked about too. The problem comes in when there's only one point of view, only one representation of it. And right. American Psycho and Sybil, for instance, they were delicately crafted. And every single bit of writing and shot in that and how the relationships were formed between the characters and with the characters like within themselves, it was very carefully done. So it's it's not like you're getting the flippant characters from Texas Chain Chainsaw 2. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a level of depth that went into that. And that's what massachusetts does you know it treats the topic with a seriousness granted it's in a very shocking way but it i don't know i i i always find and as it's with the horror genre in general there are so many different tightropes to walk with it because you're delving into things that are still being studied or unknown things that scare you and even to this day, like, I can tell you what scares me, but I don't know if I can fully explain why it does, you know? Yeah, I mean, 
I think people people look to to mental illness because you know we feel like we have control. We we feel mm-hmm. like um we feel like or we want to feel like or humans feel like we want to you know want to want to feel like we have control over our lives, our minds, our bodies. And horror comes in when people come to understand that we don't, because there are things that we have control over and there are things that we don't coming, coming, coming to terms with the vast unfairness and uncontrollable quality of the universe just is, you know, you can't control the universe. You can't control when you die. You can't control you know, if you have a mental illness, you can't control a lot of things. If you're going to get cancer, if you're going to get anything else. And it's that, it's that, it's that wanting to control that I think tries to force us to try to understand or use these things as a thing of fear because we're, Mm, we get scared. So we, so we, we try to compartmentalize them and, and, and humanize them so we can take them down and feel like we have some semblance of control over, over our lives, <laughs> over, over what happens to us. Yeah. Um, Cause I think for many people, you know, your body is one thing, but to lose your mind is much more horrifying. Oh God. Yeah. Like one of my worst fears in the world is growing old and getting dementia, which then leads into Alzheimer's yeah. and having all not knowing who I am, where I am, having memories just slip away from me, not recognizing my family. Yeah. And like, so I think I think that's that's why. Yeah. You know, but we have to be we have to be careful. Yeah. Um, because in our effort to control, you know, we you know, by by putting it in media in certain ways to try to compartmentalize it and have some semblance of control over it or how we treat people or just simply ignoring that it's there Mm -hmm. you know simply ignoring i mean you know that 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 possibility of mortality or or losing or ignoring it or or trying to compartmentalize it um in our efforts to do that we can do more harm yeah um to the people who are who are suffering uh with these things um you know, I mean, cause I'm with you. Like that's, that's one of my big, huge things too. Like if I'm going to get real, real, one of my, one of my horrible things is like a lot of people, you know, I have a fear of dying and mm. I have insomnia and I have a fear sometimes of going to sleep. And my fear is I won't wake up, mm. you know, that's yeah. the worst, you know, because you don't know, you can't prepare you can just go to sleep and not wake up. And actually, those are the obituaries and death stories that 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 really get to me. You know, not like somebody suffering and maybe knew it was coming, but like so-and-so woke up and they passed away in the middle of the, you know, it's like, yeah. you don't know, you don't know. And that- I want to be prepared for my death, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I want to be prepared. You know, I got people on my list I need to take out before that happens. <laughs> things to do oh i gotta like track down that like girl from like fifth grade who pants <laughs> me in front of the entire class so they would make fun of me so then i can at least be like you probably don't remember this but i'm on my deathbed and i just wanted to tell you <laughs> fuck, fuck you, you. <laughs> Beep. yeah and then just done like yeah. i can die now yes and, and that and that's scary like i remember yeah. um pat oswald's wife Oh my God. I just watched that episode on Sunday. Yeah. Um, she just died in her sleep and he talks about just kind of knowing and that that's the stuff. Yeah. That really gets to me. Um, and you know, and this is what this game made me think about, you know, that you, what can you control? What can't you control? You know? And it, that's interesting because with, and I'm talking, Talking in the sense of like Albert Fish as the character in the game and Albert Fish as like the real person because it's drawn very much from history. Um, if you like 
leading up to the end of the game, there's this kind of tug of war between trying to maintain control of your faculties Mm -hmm. and then just giving into it, right? And then once you get to the end and you murder Billy, that's just you going, all right, screw it. Let's let's just dive into insanity. But that's the way it was going all along. You couldn't fight it. Yeah. And that's, and that's the scary part. And like we said, we're not condoning anything, obviously not, but you know, it kind of makes you think about, you know, you know, being, being a prisoner in your own mind, your own mind, you know, just kind of attacking you and taking away any sense of logic or, or humanity or empathy or, or anything that kind of makes humans humans. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, there, one of the famous anthropologists, Margaret Mead, uh, said, you know, when did you first see evidence of, of human humanity civilization? And, you know, people thought, you know, like, oh, they're walking made tools or something like that. Mm-hmm. And what she said was, we found evidence on a skeleton of a bone that was broken and then healed. Which, you know, in prehistoric times, if you can't hunt and you can't, you know, whatever, I mean, you're Mm -hmm. useless. So somebody had to take care of this person who had broken their legs, feed them, take care of them and all that stuff. And she said that, that is the start of humanity. That is the start of civilization. And when you lose that sense of empathy mm-hmm. and community and compassion, like a lot of these, like these serial killers do, you know, it makes you think about like how close are, you know, one firing, misfiring neuron or chemical imbalance or, or whatever could change our whole personality mm-hmm. you know and i know personally you know if that ever happened to me i mean yeah put me down you know take yeah. me down because you know i'm not i'm not there anymore anything yeah. that made me me is not there anymore yeah take take me out before i take somebody else out first yeah. you know like you know? no never want to inflict that pain on somebody but yeah and, and yeah. just in case uh anybody was curious they they actually did um Albert Fish died in the electric chair. Yes. January 16th, 1936. Um, Yes. He was convicted of Grace's murder and was sentenced to die by electric chair. And he did. Yeah. He did enough. An end to a very tormented and and tragic and and horrifying life. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's a good game, though. Like it, it, it's it, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're being very solemn and serious here. Yeah, it really makes you think, you know. And it's supposed and, to be a know, casual we, podcast. Damn it, <laughs> casual, casual existential crisis mortality. <laughs> Casually, casual. Although, in in all fairness, I think it's probably our fault because we wanted to start a casual podcast in the middle of a fucking global pandemic. <laughs> so. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> that is, that is gonna... our fault. Yeah. It is the his. But I don't know. This is like part of my therapeutic release, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. we just come here and we talk about this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, much like, you know, horror people, you know, it's like, why are you interested in this stuff? My mother doesn't understand it. Neither does and, my mother. <laughs> and, and, but, it, but, you know, often, and I've heard many horror writers say this, it's, it's, Kind of like lancing a boil, you know, you, you, you purge it on the page, you purge it in your viewing yeah, to, to get it out of you, you know, because I don't think anybody, I mean, I would be who doesn't have, you know, dark times, yeah. you know, what, what the scale of those are varies, but everyone has feelings of anger, feelings of jealousy, feelings of depression, feelings of sadness, you know, and, and how you purge those out. You know, yeah. I, for me, talking about horror, looking about this stuff actually allows me to see into the darkness and reflect on it Yeah, from a safe distance. So it doesn't consume me whenever I get, whenever that happens, you know? Absolutely. 
I know yeah. for me, um, I think probably the reason why I've always been fascinated with serial killers and horror and this whole entire thing is just because it, you know, like I didn't, I had a good childhood. Could it have mentally and emotionally been better, especially into my teen years? Absolutely. You know, um, even when I was a kid, I got picked on at school and during high, high school as well. But for me, like, I want to try to understand, like, the people who do these evil things. Mm -hmm. So that way, not only can I physically guard myself against them, but I can mentally and emotionally guard myself against it. So it's not an assault on my psyche. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, here's the hard part. But what you begin to realize is because like I was talking about earlier, you know, we as humans, we want to make sense. We want to understand. We want to make some pattern out of the universe. You know, we want to do that. And I remember I watched a show called Breakout Kings, very short lived show. Mm. Very good. Anyway, has one of my favorite actors in it, Jimmy Simpson, who's also does a lot of horror movies, just FYI. Um, <laughs> I love him. I always watch his stuff and I watch the show and he played a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist was, a, you know, a kind of professionally obsessed with the serial killer, um, wanting to know what made him tick. And they mm -hmm. finally catch him. And he gets this opportunity before they come and take him away to go and talk to him. And everyone's like, you know, this is your opportunity. Go in and do it. And he's like working himself up to go in and talk to the serial killer. And he does. And at the end, he says, you know what? You know, I wanted to understand you. I wanted to understand why you do what you do. But then I understand that sometimes people just come out of the factory broken mm. and there's nothing to understand. You're just a broken yeah. machine. And that's what's so horrifying about some of this stuff. And you begin to understand mm -hmm. the more you look at these true crimes yeah. the, and the more you try to understand, the more you realize that there sometimes is no understanding it. And there's well, nothing that you can do to stop it. Mental illness, yeah. As much as we pinpoint a traumatic childhood or we say that could have had something to do with it. Sometimes somebody is just a broken machine. Yeah. And that's horrifying because then there is no reason other than you're just broken. Yeah. And that's that hard. means there's, yeah, that means there's no safety from it either. Yeah. You can't there's reason no with it. You can't stop it. You're not safe from it. Yeah. And that's why you can't choose in this game not to yeah. kill Billy. If you really want to have nightmares sometime, you should look up the Greyhound bus. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's look at more fucked yeah, up shit. Um, because, <sighs> because that one is truly horrifying in the sense of you never know. You just never know. And it could happen so randomly just sitting next to somebody on a bus. And all of a sudden you're going through the most horrific thing of your mm -hmm. life for no reason other than you were sit, you were there, you know, you ever saw the movie, the, Str the strangers or whatever they go oh. the and they're begging them about why did you do it? Cause you were home. You know, sometimes that's what it is and that's horrifying. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So oh, on that, that happy note, <laughs> on that cheery note, um, we, uh, next time we're going to be talking about witches the 2014 comic miniseries from Image Comics by writer Scott Snyder and artist Jock. I love somebody who just goes by one name, like Cher, just Jock. Hell yeah. The artist Jock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we hope at least this discussion was, you know, made you think too, as it, as this game made us think, you know, go play for yourself. See what, mm -hmm. see what it was all about. You know, let us know, tweet at us. Um, and everything and let us know what you thought um you can find us on twitter at the box underscore podcast you can listen to us on stitcher spotify apple podcast and Podbean, which you already know because you're listening to us right now but if you want to change venue we are always on those venues if you want to change yeah. up how you listen to us so with that said before we end i feel like because this was a heavy episode we should end on like something like cool that yeah. we've been doing this week oh yeah something cool we've been doing this week um, yeah just anything anything that's been making us like happy and relatively sane oh oh i've been writing 
I mean, that always, that always helps me out. You know, um, I've been doing that, hanging out with my dogs and my dogs always make me happy. I have two big, I have two big, huge dogs. <laughs> I've, you know, not, so not the little kind, I have giant breeds. So, um, my dogs are covered. So that was a good thing. Um, and you know, gaming and stuff like that. So that's been all real cool, uh, this week. What about you? Sweet. Um, taking care of my big suck succulent plants on my patio. I've never been a plant person, but the pandemic has turned me into a plant person and I love succulents cause I can't kill them. Yeah. Even- succulents are pretty. <laughs> hardy, I guess, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I've been playing another horror game that just came out called carry on. Oh. It's a 2D platformer, except you play as the monster, Ooh. and you're just this big, like, tumultuous, like, mass of bloody tentacles and teeth and everything, and you just go through the levels, and you just, like, chomp down on all the people and everything, and you're causing mayhem, and it's so therapeutic. We can't so even therapeutic. Think puppies when talking about <laughs> before we end so there's this game carry on and you play a monster and you just fucking rip through people oh, dang it i can't be normal <laughs> and we don't, we don't do that around here no. apparently i tried really hard i wanted to like let's just not leave our listeners on like a really somber note with this one because it is really heavy